Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name's Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here with Josh Ulswich. Hey, Josh. Hey, Mr. Brian. My clickety-clack of my keyboard. It wouldn't be the, the podcast without the clickety-clack. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that it's there. We're glad that y'all are all here with us. It's an exciting day, an exciting time in the markets if uh, you're trading anything other than Bitcoin. <laughs> um, and you know what? I'm excited, too, because we have a new partner. In addition to Matcha, who we love, uh, we're trying to do double the shows, got double the partners, and we've brought on the fine folks from Token Sets. If you go to ledgerstatus.com slash sets, you can check out what they offer, which is simplified asset management. They are the creators or on their platform um, is the DeFi Pulse Index, which is a great way to get broad DeFi exposure, but also people can create their own. They can create their own uh, indexes, whether passive or active. I even did one myself called Tulip, where I trade um, in and out of different things. It's an active one, working on a more passive one as well, but Token Sets makes all that super easy. I've been getting to know them. They're super cool, and uh, I've been enjoying using their platform. And you know what? You can put the burden of paying all this expensive decks gas on people like me who run the sets and uh, not have to deal with it yourself so token sets is great i've been having fun their team is really responsive they just came out with v2 um, and then soon you'll be able to deploy eth to all the underlying assets really easily through their ui uh, as a part of v2 so go to ledgerstatus.com slash sets to check it out and then I have a blog post at ledgerstatus.com slash tulip describing the tulip sets in particular. Thanks so much to sets for coming on board the, the partnership train, all things that we're doing here. Uh, Josh, holy cow. I mean. What a year this <laughs> month has been, right? <laughs> this February has already been as crazy as January and January is all was as crazy as all of 2020 from a trading perspective in my mind. What about you? Yeah, it's been um it's been very good, you know? It's been very good. It's been better for people who have been rotating in and out of uh, DeFi stuff. You know, I've not been as active in that as you have. But still, it's I said in a video this week, it's it's hard to lose money in the current market, and if you are losing money, you have to ask yourself uh, why? why. What am I, What's my leak here? What's my um, my weakness? Because it, Doge is consolidating at 100 sats above 100 sats. <laughs> if Doge is consolidating above 100 sats, that means you should not be losing money on anything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess Elon Musk can kind of create a floor on Doge, though, right? Like if he tweets about and, it every other day. And or whoever tweeted that. Let's let's be, you know. Yeah. Did you see May. people's artwork of Elon Musk doing Doge stuff? It's awesome. No. Yeah. I've avoided anything artwork related. <laughs> so NFT, you're saying you don't want to talk hash about... Any mask. No. No. I'll cut that off in the bud immediately. Immediately. Well, can Let's I just... About, I just need to topics. show you the picture, the picture that he did of Elon <laughs> Musk with Doge. It's... Uh, I don't know if it's suitable for work. It's like PG-13 maybe. Um, it's, uh, but it's pretty insane. Yeah, I'll let people watching the YouTube visually feast off that. But yeah, um, yeah Doge is said above 100 sats and it's not coming down. I mean, that is, I've always said like 
we're not alt season until Doge is a billion market cap. It's it's whatever billion. What did it go to? <laughs> yeah. Insane. A lot. Uh, Ten well, billion. I don't know. It's been like top five in trading volume over the past week. It's it's <laughs> it's insane. It is absolutely insane. Um, so if you're losing money, you know, try to figure out why. If anyone is having fun staying poor, then you're doing it wrong at this point. Like. Bitcoin's holding up. Honestly, Bitcoin looks great, which I think is going to be the hidden story maybe of uh, the ne- like between this week and next week is uh, people might be underestimating Bitcoin's strength a little bit. Um, so like alts are super fun right now. They may keep running. Um, Bitcoin re, you know, like re, uh, what do you call it? What do you call that? Recapturing like 34 to 35 kind of got above that consolidation breakdown that it had and kept it cleanly within bullish chop season rather than, you know, like maybe we'll break down and go to 24 K stuff. Like it just feels like there's an infinite bid on, uh, cause BTC. I think there is like, I think look there's at, like, so many willing buyers. Look at this eight hour, this, these eight hour candles. Yeah. This isn't like normal uh, market activity, you know, not like this is uh, fake or anything. It's just, the bid here is just <laughs> relentless. You know, it is absolutely relentless. Yeah. And ETH is doing its job at pulling BTC along for the ride, which I'm all for because ETH uh, consolidated for a month. It, it did what markets are supposed to do in make a move, consolidate, make a move, consolidate. It's not like this Ave nonsense where it's just like straight up, straight up. get ready because we're going to the moon uh, and tomorrow, you know. Uh, yeah. Not to say that you now, can't make money on Ave, but Jesus. Let's go ahead and get the important date out of uh, you know out. Talk about it, and I have a potential here. It's not like a guarantee. It's just something that could happen. Um, Ethereum CME futures launch February eighth. I've had this February eighth line because I actually thought it would just stay inside, but we actually broke above the diagonal. So we are in Ethereum. I would call it like slow rolling price exploration relative to what we've seen in other assets. Um, the question is like, are we going to dump on the eighth and is it going to be cyclical top or is it going to be like temporary volatility? Are we going to give people a buying opportunity like on a bloody Monday? I don't know. I've heard, I've seen so few people even talk about ETH right now. Like ETH is like on a side burner. Everything's just DeFi, 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 NFT, NFT, NFT. ETH, people are buying ETH just to pay for the fees. They don't even care what the price is, right? <laughs> like, they just have to have the ETH to do the other stuff, to do the thing. Yeah, um, if you really like pain, just go to fees.wtf with your primary Ethereum addresses. Um, I'm like really running through, <laughs> really running through a lot of Ethereum. You are, you are making those miners happy. Yes, I am, so, I am spending a, a lot. Uh, so to, to get back to the CME ETH launch, though, uh, if I was anybody with a lot of money, I would run ETH up as high as I could before February eighth, and then just short the hell out of it. But, they, but that didn't or, really happen. What do you mean? Like Ethereum's just kind of. We got three days, bro. Like <laughs> three days to moon. Three days weekend party. Maybe you know, go to I, like if I had if I had to guess a narrative or like something that we're gonna do, it's that um, doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Like what I drew. Yeah, I mean, that's completely feasible. That would completely be a 30% feasible. drop if we went to 2000 this weekend, opened up and dipped to the, and tested the prior all-time high. 
And honestly, to me, that would be very bullish. Uh, like someone could look at this, but that would be bullish dumping in my mind. Um, if, yeah, I mean, if that, I would rebuy. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get rid of all of my margin position by Monday. And I'm going to be seriously considering hedging. And I'm going to be ready to buy any 30 to whatever percent dip if it happens. You know, I think, I think that that's a bit of a crowded trade, though. So I don't know how deep we're going to actually run to the downside. Because I think people are expecting that. Um, I do think it's the path of least resistance, though. I really do. Yeah. What I, one of the things that's been kind of worrisome is that the most obvious easy trade has basically played out for the last six months. And the most obvious easy trade is that we dump on CME. But I, don't, I think the difference will be uh, that it's not like a permanent down. It's not like bear market. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's uh it's a buy the dip. It's not cyclical failure like the 2017 top because when that in 2017 it, we had gone down um I don't know or we gone up 17 times on Bitcoin 17 times from the prior all time high, not from the bottom. Whereas now we're not two times the prior all time high on Bitcoin. So I do not think it's a cyclical top. Uh, this is the all-time high on Ethereum. So I, I don't think CME is going to be some like game-over type of event. I think it's going to be a volatility-inducing event, but that's about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree. I think it's going to be a massive like, kill zone type activity. You know, <laughs> it's either that or it's going to be a giant nothing burger because everybody's like, something's got to happen, right? Something's got to happen. They're opening the CME markets. Um, I don't yeah. know. It adds it adds legitimacy to ETH. It brings it into the conversation in a different way that it hasn't been before. Uh, I don't know. You know, not it, to mention um, Grayscale opened up ETH E again. Uh, Ethereum essentially started moving as soon as that happened and was announced. So now they're, in addition to gobbling up all the Bitcoin, they're gobbling up a lot of Ethereum. Um, I just. I have no reasons to be bearish. It's maybe I'll, I don't know if I'd call it have to or get an opportunity to buy the dip. Maybe it'll create enough volatility in the market to, you know, push some of these DeFi blue chips down 30 or 40%. Like that would hurt a lot of people, but it's probably, it's really what that market needs um, in order to continue bullishness. Like if the more parabolic it goes without any kind of consolidation or breakdown, the more challenging it is to participate in it, the more wrecked people will get once it does go down because it'll go down further, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think having some ability to buy a dip this Sunday is probably your primary alpha you'll get out of this week, uh, at least from a protective perspective, you know? Yeah, people are saying in the chat, like, the most obvious move doesn't always happen, but... I mean, look at the ETHE stuff. We consolidated the entire time ETHE was closed. We broke up. Technicals were pointing to up as soon as ETHE opened. Um, that seemed pretty obvious to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think what, I, I think you want to be able to win if it goes up and not be wrecked if it goes down. And that probably means um, at least if you're 10x up on something, you know, like maybe roll a little bit into something safer. <laughs> it, means, it means de-risking a little. Yeah. Certainly. 
Like even if you have twenty percent of your stack to like go buy a dip with something that 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 can be powerful in the the day of the dump. If you're fully deployed still and you're down thirty percent all of a sudden someday, you just feel helpless. Like you feel bad. Whereas if you have a little bit of powder to throw out there and buy some of that, you know, dump, then you just feel better about it psychologically and you'll do better from a monetary perspective as well. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the narrative has changed, um, which is why it's going to be a buy the dip opportunity if it happens. But uh, look at all the exchange reserves for BTC. Look at the exchange reserves for ETH. All of them are multi-month lows, continue to go to lows. Even Link, uh, I'll pull that up in a second, but Link's exchange reserves are also declining. Um, GBTC, uh, Grayscale Holdings increasing, like we keep talking about, ETH increasing as well um it's just it's supply demand look at eth 2.0 that's almost a three million uh eth in the contract so everything that needs to happen in order for price to move up is happening you know yeah it's it's just hard to be blanketly bearish for sure and in the macro landscape too uh stocks started a little bit of a dump totally got bought up the dixie i think it it did Honestly, this did almost exactly what we said. Like we thought it might not even make this kind of 91 80 92 line. It got to 9160 before it started dumping hard. Like today it just got crushed. Maybe it's just retesting and it, you know, we need to be cautious from a dollar standpoint. Uh 9076 or so. I don't know, man. I think the dollar's so weak like we already are talking about you know, more stimulus, yada, yada, all that is according to plan. I think the most bullish outcome for the Dixie is that it chops. Um, There's too much fundamental stuff in the way, despite it being a very crowded short trade and chop could hurt shorts just as much as, uh, you know, just as much as an up move. So it's not something that I view as a bearish thing, but that's the primary legacy thing I wanted to point at because we look at it every week. Uh, We've been talking about, we go from talking about, Talking about lower stimulus te- checks. Oh no, we go from two thousand stimulus checks to lower stimulus checks to four thousand dollars stimulus checks now. All the courses are like a whipsaw of a week. We're um, doing four thousand dollars stimulus checks now. That's that's what I heard. That's a potential. I mean, it's not going to happen. Uh, but I was saying in a video this week that just like um, the inverted head and shoulders in late twenty twenty, it basically hit its target and then just died off. Um, wow. And we're seeing the same thing here. So yeah, this is incredibly bullish for crypto. This is what you want to see because of the correlations, because of the story. You want to see stuff like NSTR at all-time highs, um, MicroStrategy. Yeah, it just you says wanna, like retail stock participants and everybody else are like pretty interested in all this. You want to see, you want to, you know, the beginning is like, is there a narrative, right? Is there a Michael Saylor type person? And then the rest of it is, do, do people believe the narrative? And to see MSTR, you know, this is just like a proxy of what's going on, really. But um, to see that push all-time highs like just continually is just another sign, right, of market demand. Yeah. People are just trying to get in the market any way they can. Uh, something fun on the everybody wants to hear about DeFi landscape is Ave went nuts. We talked about that a little bit in the pre-show. Synthetics has been consolidating mostly. A lot of people like to look at this SNX over Ave chart um, as a range trade. And I think it's interesting. If it's tr- if true, 
it gives uh, synthetics a really wide um, path to walk up. Um, it, it just retesting the synthetics over Ave pr- breakdown is a nice little move, but if it goes to the top of that range again, synthetics could double relative to Ave pretty easily, almost triple. Uh, so it makes me wonder if like one of your more reliable large cap rotations could actually be synthetics USD uh, going even higher. And it went, it's at 22 right now, but it spent what uh, two weeks on a USD basis on that like $18 ceiling uh, broke out yesterday, but kind of makes me think this might go to like 30 or 40, something stupid. Um, and these are exactly the moves that we thought could happen, but the degree and the speed and all that, like, is pretty staggering. And it goes to show, you look at this, and then you look at that previous chart we just showed relative to Ave, how crazy fast Ave went, because this is an unbelievably bullish chart, and it looks wrecked relative to Ave. <laughs> well, what what for you... Um is a governance token? Is it because you're not voting in any of this stuff, right? No, I know this is this is dangerous. It's alt season. We're talking about fundamentals; those don't matter in alt season. <laughs> but let's let's uh, you know cause just because I did articles on this stuff this week, so I'm all of a sudden super informed on uh, <laughs> stuff like SNX Ave Comp. But um, you know what what is a governance token? Is it a proxy for the success of the project, or is it um, an actual token that you know you vote on because i don't think anybody who's buying any of this stuff sees it as um anything more than a proxy for the success of the project yeah like speculation right let me well i think we spent all of prior alt seasons talking about like whether a fat protocol means anything or has value and whether it does or not and i think the way you can justify current fundamentals is stronger than talking about fat protocols uh, or whatever other previous metrics there were. So I think that what I would compare now is people are anticipating that somehow cash flows from using these protocols will flow back to token holders by way of governance mechanisms to vote on doing so. It's pretty optimistic. I would compare it to like a hyper bullish stock market where you're pricing in 30 times current revenues because you think that's what they have the potential for in the future. Oh, which by the way, they're all doing anyway. Um, so I think that it's pricing in best case scenarios for bring, using governance to bring protocol cash flow back to token holders and assuming that the usage of all these protocols is going to increase significantly. What I do find interesting is that the ones that do have this potential uh, they can do things like say, hey, here's our balance sheet. Like here's how much the protocol earned in fees and here's the vote on delivering those fees back to token holders. The real gray area is I'm more bullish on the ones that don't have the long arm of the U.S. regulatory bodies above them because they can more safely like enable that. The ones that are interestingly uh over optimistic in my mind are like uni where that seems less likely because they have a a much stronger u.s regulatory body that they should fear trying you know because the questions of is this a security or not um 
are difficult to answer, you know, and I think it's less likely that they're just going to governance their way into providing protocol cash flow to the underlying token holders versus more of a uh, maybe sushi. They're, they are willing to YOLO that, right? They're, they're a non, they're not based out of the U.S., that kind of thing. So I think it's protocol to protocol in terms of whether that's realistic. Either way, I don't know, three years from now when we don't care about this stuff anymore, um, regulators might catch up and like try to give us some guidance on that, and it might matter for the next bull cycle. For this bull cycle, all I care about is price action, momentum, project size, product usage, et cetera. I don't care if they actually meet the – are actually delivering that to token holders yet because that takes time. Is that too bullish of me? No, that's completely fair. Um, I just it's it's just hard to, for me to get on board of something like Ave, like again like CRX, like Maker. Uh, these protocols are amazing, phenomenal, game changing, right? New paradigm type stuff. Um, and I get that they need as a team to capture some of that that uh, for development or what you know pay off their VCs, whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah, and that's a funny part is right now, like I mean. Really, everyone is just yield to the team's equity, like token allocations, and whenever they are allowed to start dumping, like we've talked about with Link forever. You know, the higher Link yeah. goes, the more and more they sell, and they fund themselves for forever. Or like EOS with their four billion dollars worth of tokens and stuff. So I well, mean, it's, it's like what GME should have done, which is issue yeah, more shares. Yeah, should have distributed shares. Like right? idiotic. Like, <laughs> That's that's what's supposed to happen. So to see all this stuff run up and everyone continue to be bullish on it, I'm just like, I don't know, guys. I just I don't see a future for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, unless it's rev share, unless they're burning. Well, uh, I think that's what it, a lot of them are doing. Yeah, I think. yeah, it, they are. That's fair, and there's value there, hundred um, percent. But then it, you get into this regulatory legal thing, which, like you're saying, probably doesn't matter this cycle, which I also agree with. Uh, it's just it's a dangerous game. To play, especially for Uniswap, because they're the biggest target, just being the biggest, uh, biggest, <laughs> it's going to use a non-PG metaphor, but the biggest <laughs> exchange on the block, right? Like, <laughs> whoever the regulars are are going to go after them first, right? Um, I don't know. In the ICO era, one, I think this is, people are more thoughtful about it. Amer- U.S.-based teams are more thoughtful about it than they were in the ICO era. Um, and in the ICO era, they went after the smaller ones and waited for the big ones, right? Like Ripple just got the lawsuit, <laughs> uh, however many years later. But they went after the most obvious scams way sooner. And I think that'll probably be repeated. And I also think these bigger ones, they learned from the ICO era, and they're probably bringing a lot of legal backing to try to justify what they're doing and the caution that they're doing it with and that kind of thing. Like, remember when curve the contract was actually deployed by a rando according to them like no one actually on the curve team deployed that contract there's no way that wasn't like legal wrangling that they did themselves you know and i think that people have paid a lot of money for proper counsel when they're based in the u.s because they learned some lessons yeah and i'd love to see these governance tokens like move to the binance model where it's some sort of like fee Reduction. I don't know if that already exists for some of these or not, but um, I think that would be a great way to like give give value to these tokens. Where to me, they're just like rev share, great, you know. Yeah. But other than that, I, just kind of valueless. Yeah, I think that 
I think the promise of a DAO, uh, distributed autonomous organization, does exist. The infrastructure for creating governance on these platforms and protocols does exist. They're all pretty much doing the decentralized over time. Um, we work governance into it, but pretty much they're still in control. If they can accomplish some of that decentralization over time, I do think that would be fascinating. Considering, I mean, we've seen what like what happens when like someone centralized like Robinhood can just choose to shut it down. Like, who got screwed in all that? It was the latest, most retail people. You know, you can't shut down Uniswap markets, and I think there's a lot of uh, democratic stuff happening there in terms of empowering individuals. Um, I want to see Wall Street get obliterated by crypto protocols. It's just got a long way to go, man. Like we're, the, the fees and the, the challenges and the network congestion, uh, it's got a long way to go. And meanwhile, we're pricing these as if it's all working now. And it's worth noting this coil on Bitcoin's got me pretty feisty feeling, you know. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm a little early sometimes to these. Like, you know, I'm like, oh man, these are these are going pretty insane, um, and then they'll go another two x. But I'm also like, I'm just trying to pay attention to what could be next. Um, Ethereum and price discovery, Bitcoin coiled up. I don't think Bitcoin's going to go into price discovery right this moment, but it could go to like forty or forty two, get people pretty excited. Uh, and on the relative basis, a lot of those DeFi coins could start to lose because, you know, they're up 10x. Like, I really like Sushi. Uh, I think it's cool. But, like, relative to Bitcoin, it's it's really high off the top. You know, like, it could, it could draw down. Let's just do a, a thought process. Like, if it just went to the 20-day moving average, it's a 33% loss relative to Bitcoin. I don't want to lose 33% relative to Bitcoin after these gains. So I feel like selling a little bit, putting it in more stable crypto assets like um, Bitcoin and Ethereum is not the worst play in the world here. And then if when a good risk-reward buying opportunity shows up, take advantage of it. Whether that's a dump, whether it's consolidation, I don't know. But take advantage of it at that point. Um, and meanwhile, what I've been trying to do is say, like, what are the ones that haven't moved as much that still have some opportunity? So, like, uh, OMG, Omai's Go, which, you know, who knew that still existed? <laughs> it's like DeFi adjacent. Just technically, it looked good, and relative to the dollar, uh, had not made a new high since the summer and, like, is on Coinbase and met all my criteria for has potential, and it's still got 80% to even make the high that it had in August. So, like, I'm just saying I don't have to get rid of my exposure, but maybe I shift from sushi to OMG, that kind of thing, you know, like to broaden my spectrum. And then also try to make sure, like, I have enough liquidity. Like, I'm not going to – it's not unsellable, you know, to, like, m get back into Bitcoin itself. So I'm, I'm exposing myself to upside, but I'm um, – and I'm kind of rotating. I'm playing the rotation game. That's my strategy. What are you playing and how are you playing it? Uh, so my strength is playing the majors on leverage. Um, so that's what I've been doing and still doing. Um, another cautionary top things is just the number of scams and people telling me to buy stuff and Twitter, even in the chat and Twitch. It's just like, it's never ending um, lately. And that's, that's always a good sign that 
we're at some sort of local top, right? Because people people assume there's just a bunch of dumb money out there who's just going to buy their random bag, uh, or some bot telling you to buy some random bag. But um, yeah, so for me, like rotating in and out of leverage, rotating in and out of hedges, that sort of thing uh, makes the most sense. Uh, I don't want to wrangle some dex fees uh, or pay attention to the ETH fees at all right now. Um, which is kind of why like I use set as well. And I longed ETH hundred percent with my set like a week or two ago because I assumed it was bullish. I didn't want to pay the fees. I said, I don't care how low this goes. I think it's going up. Right. Um, yeah. And at some point, some interesting stuff with the fees is going to happen because um, people are going to be kind of stuck in their positions and just lose more because they're going to have issues with fees. <laughs> yeah, when you're trying to sell and you're paying like 0.25 ETH, no matter how good the DEX is, the the network is congested. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, so you're planning, trying having to pay like 0.25 ETH just to sell. And if you have a smaller position, that's not great because <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, and then you might have slippage on top of that if it's not very liquid. And that's part of my justification too. Like if I'm... Uh, like I'm, uh, you know, not to just shill my own bags, but like I've been in OMG, I've been in ZRX, um, I've been in stuff that I can shift to a centralized exchange and sell it. I can move it from my wallet to a centralized exchange and sell it if I have to, uh, and that way I don't get like as obliterated. I could even set limit orders, <laughs> uh, like as a take profit back to BTC, for example. Um, so there's several things there that have some advantage and um i don't want to do that most of the time like obviously we love matcha as a partner i want to be able to use matcha um there comes a time when the network fees are so expensive that it makes it very difficult and unless i'm getting limit orders filled in the network and what i've found recently is even that can be difficult because like the arb bots don't even consider it worth it to fill your order because they have to pay the 300 dollars in fees to make an arbitration play which is how those limit orders execute and therefore you're having to get like a huge discount set a huge discount on the limit order for them to f- consider it worth filling so it's like it's pretty complicated like ethereum needs layer two uh and that's coming it's coming very quickly synthetics already has it going with uh optimistic and ethereum also needs other proposals eth 2.0 it's going to be a bit but you know other proposals to to help fix it um the more attention that comes to the Ethereum network, the more of a problem it's going to be. And it might end up being bullish for some other chains too, like Solana and stuff, you know? Well, the bigger the fees get, the better, because then the quicker the problem will get solved. Just look at what happened with BTC. And, yeah. You know, and look no da- further. Nasty that segment. Yeah. And uh, it needs to get nasty. There needs to be people with skin in the game making decisions. Um, so, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better for sure. EIP-1559 is also something else that might come sooner rather than later, and that's going to be a nasty fight for the miners. Yeah, Um, miners don't like that Ethereum improvement proposal uh, because it essentially burns the base fee, and then the miners get paid by the essentially a tipping layer, uh, which is technically optional, but pretty much every transaction will have a tip, and people will still be able to... It'll still be expensive, but it'll create a... Uh, different elasticity for how the fees adjust that's formulaic rather than just like a full rush. Um, and it'll essentially make blocks really, really expensive to disincentivize people really quickly. 
so that's an, an interesting proposal. That's also the proposal that will reduce the inflation pressure of Ethereum because it burns that base block away completely. So the supply of Ethereum will go down with that base fee and network usage uh, and, and reduce the new Ethereum that's being created by both miners and ETH 2.0 staking. And also reminds me of like, what does BTC look like in 2090? Is kind of like EIP 1559 to me. Maybe that's completely off the mark, but um, it's like, can the network stay secure with just transaction fees? Um, I don't know. That's it's an interesting test. It'll probably be a good a good source of volatility on its own. Like, what what will miners do? Will they just dump their bags like and say like, good luck? <laughs> uh, who will benefit? Like, where do those miners start to point? Um, if it, they say, hey, this isn't worth it for us anymore, like, will we see? Um, anything that can be mined by the, those GPUs or the ASICs that are doing ETH, uh, what else will they mine? And will those benefit from it? I don't know. There's a lot of interesting consequences there. But we saw in the summer, like when fees got um, basically to where they are today, when they got bad enough, that killed DeFi summer. I don't think it'll kill DeFi this time, but it makes it harder and it makes people desire alternatives, I think. Yeah, it's pricing a lot of people out of the market, yeah. obviously. But um, it's even pricing people like me out of the market because I just don't want to deal with it. You know, I don't want to look at that $300 transaction plus uh, for some of this stuff. Um, even with SET, like there's <laughs> those transaction fees, you must be paying like 300 bucks every time you want to go in and out of anything. Um, there yeah. comes a point in time when the market has, or you know, the, the network as a whole just grinds to a halt because nobody can... Nobody wants to pay those fees, you know? Yeah, you can actually go back and look at all of the transactions that I've made. <laughs> uh, I've spent multiple Ethereum in one week paying other people's fees, <laughs> like the pe- people that copy copy trade through that smart contract. Um, so yeah, it's been expensive, but I kind of like it because it's a public accountability thing and, and a, also in a, a, way, a way beyond just tweeting, entry and exit for people to like see what you actually did and where you did it and things like that um oh and, for sure and this no, is it's... by far the most active one that i'll do like i started a macro one as well uh i don't even know if i, didn't, I only shared it like in the middle of the night after i deployed it so i don't think anybody's joined it yet um and that's going to be like i'll switch from eth to btc to usdc and there might be like five trades a year you know um but yeah the fees the fees on any of this stuff's super expensive. Uh, individually, when I'm making an adjustment and I say, okay, well, I'm going to sell loop ring and send it to ETH, it's the same It's the same roughly as when I uh, make a trade on a DEX. You know, it's not, like it's using the 0x protocol on the back end, which is partly why I liked bringing them on as a partner because they use the same technology that Matcha uses, which is built by the company behind Matcha. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, love the idea, love the protocol, hate the fees, right? Like, yeah, that, that's that's everything I need. That's not and, just set. And this is going to be, we can talk about like what we think the next bullish impulse on DeFi will be. So, like, if DeFi is going to slowly start rotating back into ETH and BTC here, we think it's you know uh, time for ETH and BTC to do something in Q, in February or March. Um, if all this takes a break. I think what could be the next impetus is, you know, Uniswap starts supporting Layer 2 
and then the aggregators like Matcha can start supporting layer two and I can start deploying on set with layer two. Like as soon as the liquidity goes to layer two, all of the tooling will go to layer two as well. And it makes it so much more accessible. And that's like super bullish for all DeFi stuff, but that could be the third quarter of the year or fourth quarter of the year. And I can, I can just start to imagine like what these cycles might look like. Um, Right now, the freaking Coinbase could reduce some of the fees if they just readjusted the way they do some of their stuff. Like they, I saw they spent like $160,000 in Ethereum gas just rearranging dust on their wallets. <laughs> so like, just like happened with BTC, it's the exchanges that are slow moving on just some of their own engineering. And it kind of pisses me off that a company could be worth 50 to $100 billion and like they can't do this kind of basic engineering on the Ethereum network that would improve it for everyone. Well, surprise, surprise, you know, Coinbase. Yeah, screw Coinbase. Uh, Delete Coinbase. <laughs> Coinbase will never be a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> uh, Brian, welcome to come on anytime he wants. Armstrong, not, <laughs> not, not Ledgercast, Brian. Um, Ledgercast, Brian. Yeah, I was looking at the DEX uh, total volume for January, and it broke $50 billion, And that is in the face of what fees are right now, um, which is just so insane to me Yeah, that... Dex volume is that high. It's very high. Um, the other thing I was noticing is that Sushi, uh, Uni obviously number one, but looking at market share, Sushi is slowly creeping up as far as total market share relative to everything else. Um, Uni's market share is kind of uh, stable, but Sushi's definitely growing. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I really think Sushi's got the Binance vibe, right? Really quick adapting. I think a lot of the a lot of coins want to be on Sushi because of various um, tools that Sushi makes available. They even came out with something that can help you like launch the coin and and lock liquidity and a bunch of this stuff. And I mean, they're just moving really really fast. So they turned something that was an incredibly ridiculous um, farming thing into a product that's pretty legit. And I don't know, it's very impressive. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't count them out. That's for sure. What are your What are your thoughts on uh, like one inch as well? Are you still Do you still want to be long exchange tokens, governance no. tokens? Uh, ZRX is the only one that I'm long, and it's purely a like it. It hit my initial targets. It's at the three six one. I talked about two dollars, uh, which if I went to a different chart would be the all time high. Um, I think if it breaks two dollars, it could actually go to like. It's one of those that, you know, if it goes to price discovery, it could go a lot higher. Um, They just raised $15 million. Let's see. I can't find the all-time ZRX chart. Somewhere. I have it somewhere. Um, They raised that money for the company. This reminds me of the Ripple. It's like deja vu all over again. It's like... (laughs) They're raising money for the company people, not yes, for but the they're, token. But they're developing the protocol, so I think some of the... Excellent. They should be paid, but people should not conflate like the token value with the raise value or the company's value uh, because they raised X money with the token value, yeah, which yeah, is I definitely, mean, I don't, I don't, definitely what hap- what's happening right now. I don't disagree with that. Um, but nevertheless... But that's not to say the price that you know it's mispriced. Uh, it isn't mispriced because I think it is mispriced based on the other stuff. Um it's just everything is. This is the same right argument. Now. I started giving this argument at fifty cents, right? And it was that 
if you look at um, Uniswap, is now a $21 billion fully diluted cap, 6.5 active. You look at Sushi, $1.9 billion, $3.8 billion fully diluted. So, like, Sushi's still undervalued relative to Uni relative, versus, like, the liquidity they have and the, you talking about the volume ticking up and all that. Um, I can't even find ZRX still. <laughs> there it is. Uh, $1.7 fully diluted. That's up a lot. <laughs> That's, like, when I was talking about this, it was up – it was uh, – like 700 million fully diluted. So it's already repricing itself quite a bit. Um, but it could, it could move significantly further to catch up. And one inch, it says it's lower market cap now, but fully diluted, one inch is 8.7 billion. So I still think fully diluted market cap, 0x has a long way to go just to reach fully diluted parity with one inch, which I think it's very competitive with uh, on all metrics. So, anyway, that's why I think it can go to price discovery um, in the uh, against the dollar, which would require a weekly close over two dollars. So I'm still in it. I haven't sold a single ZRX, and I've been in it since fifty six cents. So I'm sitting on a really nice profit that I want to secure at some point, but I didn't do it today when it went to two dollars. Yeah, what did it go at? I, I mean, I remember my original call was like ten dollars. This was like years ago. Yeah, I'm lo- I'm I'm looking for that all-time chart. And I can't I can't find it right now. Um, before it got listed on Coinbase. Here's the here's the forever one. It's uh, Poloniex. That's where I had it. Is- yeah, someone's saying in the chat, Bafflement, that they're revising the tokenomics. I mean, that's <laughs> that was the original discussion about ZRX, right? Like it's 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 valueless because it doesn't do anything. Governance is a joke. Uh, but anybody, I think I think they let already. Me fin- let me finish. Let yeah, me finish. Okay. <laughs> that uh, you know, if 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 governance is a true issue, you're just going to fork off, right? Like, and that's what lots of projects did with ZRX early on. Maybe not lots, but like yeah, like relayers and stuff just yeah. used the protocol without like using them in any capacity. <laughs> they just forked it. Right. And that's what happened with Sushi Uni, right? It wasn't really a governance issue. It was just like, we're just going to fork it and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's hard. that's why it's hard for me to, like, buy this governance stuff. It's very good. That's fine. One is I found out recently they're actually paying – there are some protocol fees from, like, maybe, like, token sets when they use the ZRX protocol – there's like a fee that's included there that goes back to ZRX that ends up essentially hitting staking providers. So like when you stake your ZRX, you earn a little bit of that already. And then that rumor of there being more uh, protocol fees that can feed back to stakers or, or token holders in some capacity. I don't know exactly. But Uni, like I would say ZRX is closer to that than Uni is. And Uni's $21 billion, so <laughs> whatever. Um, the measured move, if it makes this all-time high versus the dollar, which it hit the tap, it tapped it on the weekly close. I think this will happen next week. <laughs> like, I, I'm super bullish. Um, the measured move would be like four dollars, but the, um, the I think it can go to like five dollars, like two point six one eight, three point six one eight, six dollars or seven dollars. It, it could go higher than we think. Um, and what's interesting is. Something like ZRX, and I'm, I'm talking about ZRX, you could apply this to OMG. Like, here's the OMG USD chart. Um, and the Bitcoin charts are also interesting. 
these held their bottoms, this Bitcoin relative OMG chart. And then I'll show you the ZRX relative, uh, Bitcoin relative ZRX chart is interesting because like these versus BTC, some people aren't even interested in entering it until it gets up here, you know, like until it makes a new high. So some people are going to be like buying after another 50% from here because it finally looks good to them versus BTC. And what happens in an alts mania is something starts really gaining relative to Bitcoin after it's already mooned versus the dollar. And then it like super moons versus the dollar. Kobe was talking about this in our, our stream yesterday about like, he'll, he, he was like, you know, when it really gets crazy, the whole left side of the chart just looks flat. <laughs> you can't even see it anymore. He was like, that's true speculative mania. Um, and we could see that happen. And they're the, the this is the same reason I like Rook. I'm just shilling all my bags. I don't mean to be, but that's well, why it I'm, that, it's why I'm in them. It helps that all these uh, these newly mooning tokens are sub sub ten dollars, sub five dollars. Yeah, they're um, sub they're they're low dollar amounts. They're getting listed, and then they're also like very core plumbing for DeFi, um, which is all goes into my broader thesis so i'm just trying to like i'm just trying to be smart you know and and some of the big blue chips that have already gone so high i missed 300 to 500 dollar ave am i mad about it no i was in from like 90 dollars. you know i got like a 3x got out in strength i got out at a fib and i didn't get in for the next fib that's okay i moved on to something else and uh got a little action there and i'm these still look like they have some relative value that I'm interested in. So that's kind of how I'm playing alts at this moment with a close eye on majors as we, especially uh, February 8th, but also potentially just Bitcoin's breakout or whatever it does next. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't really have anything else to say. I think we hit, hit all the high points for the most part, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was... The major stuff. We'll do a little bit of an after show here. Um, we'll keep it shorter. I've been on like so many streams and podcasts and stuff this week, doing the new one with Kobe. That's got its own YouTube channel. I put the first episode on this podcast feed, though. Um, we may do a separate podcast feed, or I might just publish it all in one. I don't really know, but that's got that's a Kobe's been in charge of bringing on the guests for that. It's been pretty fun. Um, we had a, we created an NFT on air did you see our nft i know I you did not okay well it just sold it just sold <laughs> uh and i'm gonna show it to you i'm excited look at this it is called ape only uh so this was done by shams mechia something like that s-m-e-c-c-e-a and it is a chrome ape with a banana crown and some bitcoins falling out of the sky and Kobe in the clouds. And I am, my logo is the ape belly button. So, uh, someone just bought it for 4.5 Ethereum, someone named Bales. So thank you Bales for buying, uh, the NFT that we created on the stream. It was really, it was really (laughs) fun and watching her create this in cinema 4d or whatever it's called was really cool. So that was fun. Anything else? No, I got nothing. Uh, check out my videos. I do f- four a week minimum. Check out my articles, four a week minimum. Brave New Coin, 
check out my token set, check out my thing on Enzyme with Techme Capital. We're going to be doing a lot of press uh, soon about that. Um, use Matcha. Yeah, I don't know. What else? Yeah. Use, use Matcha and uh, and use our check out our, our new partner. Super happy to have them on. Token sets. Go to ledgerstatus.com slash sets slash sets. Ledgerstatus.com slash tulip will explain more about what the way I created my set. Anyone can go to ledgerstatus.com slash sets and create your own portfolio. So like you could create your own set, manage your own funds there, or make it available like to your family, um, people that you uh, you know you know you want to enable them to kind of tag along in an easier way. Or just explore the other portfolios that exist that maybe you want to copy trade. Um, very interesting protocol. Super pleased to have them on. Thanks for being with us. We're going to be here for the post show to answer a few questions. Hope you all have a great day. Be safe. Protect your wins. Have fun. Talk to you later. Monuments crumble.